Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Oh my God, I am so overwhelmed today. There's so, there's just so much, there's so much it going on. Like for one, one thing this morning, I got my second vaccine. That's a big deal. And I hope you're getting, going to get yours. I hope you're signing up to get yours. I hope, you know, pretty soon we're all going to be able to do your part. Okay. Wear the fucking mask. I'm still wearing my mask. Okay. So anyway, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, it's raining here in New York. It's my second time in back in the studio. I have my one of my very, very favorite artists and favorite people in general, Eric Doringer, who's going to be talking with us in a minute. So I'm I just want, you know, I'm I'm trying to take it all in and not get overwhelmed so I can be with you, you, you listener, you. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening. It's so good to like be with you. I have I feel you even though I know I can't actually see you. I do feel you. So first of all, I got to tell you um, uh What's really, you know what the most important thing that's happening today is that we we need to stand with our Asian, and I don't need to tell you this because I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but let's let's just give it a big note, a big star, how important it is to to stand with our Asian family members. We're all one, we're all one species. And um, I thought one of the beautiful things, one of the few beautiful things about the COVID uh, pandemic was it, it's, it's literal proof of how humans are biologically all, we're all the same. We're all the same. That's what the pandemic told us. We're all the same. And it is really uh, painful, disturbing. Uh, I don't know what it's like. I I wish I wish this kind of bad vibe and violence and I, it's upsetting. And I know it's upsetting for you. So I just want to acknowledge that. So uh, we all we can we can be together on this, which we are. I know I know you. I mean, I know we are, but we gotta we gotta talk about it. We gotta look at it, and uh, we got to uh, recognize it, and we gotta fucking get rid of it. Okay, all right. I I said I said I said my I did it. Um, but anyway, thanks so much for listening. You know, Radio Free Brooklyn. We've been struggling. Like, let's just let's just put it out there. Who isn't right? No, but we are really we are really struggling. And this is an important community uh, radio station. We do a lot here. We do a lot of um, programming that is useful, a lot of programming that is entertaining, a lot of programming that is keeping keeping you, us, the whole, like the whole thing. It's We're part of what keeps everything going. And uh, we could really use some help. So... If you have, you know, there's no, there's no donation that's too small. So if you could reach out to us at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate or even just download our app and listen to us, join us in any way that you can. And if you can donate money, donate some money. I also wanted to tell you about this really great organization that uh, we're working with right now, City Running Tours. 
which is really, really cool. So there's 23 different neighborhoods in, uh, that, we ha- that they, ha- they, they have tours in. And so if you go to cityrunningtours.com uh, slash New York City, you can find a tour. And what you do is you, you run around with other people that also like to run around and you learn about the neighborhoods. I mean, that's really cool. It seems like a great way to meet somebody. You know, if I was single, I think uh, that would be that would be a great way to meet somebody, like a healthy way, you know, without like maybe go drinking afterwards or something. But like, you know, <laughs> think about it, right? If you meet somebody and you want to get away from them, you can just run off. <laughs> I mean, come on. What could be better? That's sort of funny, isn't it? Uh, also, I just want to, uh, one more thing that I, I just want to, uh, tell you guys about is that, um, we, we, you know, the, the, this can be very stressful. We're going back into society can be very stressful. And I want to acknowledge that too, because if you're like feeling any anxiety about socializing, there's so many reasons why you should be anxious. One, people are scary. They're dangerous. They make us feel bad. We project onto them, and then they really make us feel bad. But um, it's stressful, and, you know, we're all supposed to be happy and everything's great because things are clearing up. But if you are stressed out, you can always go to 888-WELL, that's W-E-L-L-N-Y-C, and uh, they will they will give you free whatever you need to help you out. Okay, They're, that that's licensed people. As you guys know, I am not a licensed therapist, although I am always available to help or answer any questions. Lisa Levy at Doctor Dr. Lisa Levy SP. So anyway, let's get to Eric. Eric Doringer is here today, and the reason. Eric and I thought this would be a perfect time. He's been on the show a few times, uh, usually to talk about um, some amazing project he's doing over the years. You should hear the one that he did about, um, uh, oh, I'll think of it in a minute. But anyway, where he, anyway, oh my God, I'm blanking and I'm screwing this up. So, let me just tell you about Eric a little bit, and then I'll bring him on. So Eric is a very, very, very well-respected artist. From uh, he's, He does conceptual art, which involves a broad range of practices. But he is, as it says here, as Time Out says, he's famous for bootlegging art on the streets of New York. So what he's done is he's created small versions of very famous expensive paintings and sold them for relatively affordable prices. Uh, he, he started out in selling them on the street, but now uh, he has representation in galleries and, uh, and, and, and fame and respect from doing that. So that's what he's most well known for. Uh, but he, if you go to ericdoringer.com, you can look at the rest of his work, which is quite extensive and very, very smart and could take an hour of me just explaining, which would be so boring if you had to listen to me do that. So anyway, um, Eric moved, Eric and his wife, Cathay, moved from 
New York City from Chelsea to L.A. during this pandemic. And I thought and, you know, this would be a great time to reconnect. And also, if you miss Eric or have any questions or want to talk to Eric, our lines are open. So please call in 718-673-8201. That's 718-673-8201. Or look us up online, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Okay, there we go. Hi, Eric. Hi, Lisa. How thanks was, for having how, me on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for being here. How how was that? Did I did I describe you accurately in any in any way? Uh, you own yeah, it. in some ways. Yeah, did you own I, any I, of that? Can I, you? I will. Do you want to add to it? Uh oh. Where where Eric, Eric is? Uh, Eric's a little frozen. Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to add to that, but now we have, we are looking at a frozen version of Eric, which is not a good thing. Uh, let's see what we can do about that. Eric. Uh Oh, um, Hey Lisa. Hey, Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah. Hey, sorry. That's I, okay. I turned I'm off my video cause. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I'm glad to have yeah. you back. Okay. What um, did I miss? All right, you didn't miss anything. I was just going to ask you if uh, you had anything that you would like to add or that I missed from your bio or anything about your art that would illuminate what I add to what I said. Uh, yeah, I think that was pretty accurate. I mean, I like you said, I, I was kind of best known for making these little bootleg paintings of, you know, um, Damien Hurst and Richard Prince and... Uh, whoever else and selling them on the street in Chelsea. Uh, and then more recently I've been doing similar things, but somewhat larger in scale. I mean, as far as remaking works by other artists, but kind of more focused now on artists where the original work was um, already questioning authorship or originality or authenticity in some way. Huh. So give us an example of what you mean. Well, like, um, so I did a series of uh, spot paintings based on Damien Hirst, for example, that were the same scale as his paintings. Uh, and, you know, I, I tried to make them as well painted as his um, and kind of following the rules of his paintings. And, you know, Damien Hirst famously doesn't paint those spot paintings anyway. So it was mm -hmm. like, what's the difference between an authentic Damien Hirst painting that wasn't painted by him. And, you know, my version of a Damien Hirst painting, which also wasn't painted by him. Um, and, you know, obviously the answer is a few zeros on the end of the price, but you know, beyond that, oh, that's um, is sort of what I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. That is really, so that's just like a, that's like just a whole set of other layers uh, in, 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 in appropriation art, which is really the uh, area that you're that you work in, really, right? Yeah, so I guess I'm kind of interested, maybe in some kind of like meta appropriation, or you know, something that's extending the ideas in the original work, but also replicating it in some mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. which is now more relevant than ever. Which is really interesting um, because the whole 
NFT craze. But you know what? I decided before we got on that we're not going to start talking about NFTs because everyone's talking about them and that will just take over any other conversation. You, yeah, you're I, with I, me I on that, so, right? Yes. Let's, I mean, we'll see if we get any callers, but I think we can, we can try to leave those three letters out of t- yeah, that's not what we're podcast. here to talk about. As as advertised, we are here to talk about what your experience, what your transition, and I wanted to hear about your how it's affected your creative process and all that other stuff of moving from New York to L.A. during the pandemic. So I thought maybe the best way to start is to understand what your idea why you guys moved and the thinking, like, what the fuck were you thinking? What the fuck (laughs) were you thinking, Eric? Well, uh, you know, both my wife and I had been living in New York City for more than 20 years. And um, we had kind of been thinking anyway about moving. You know, we had, I guess, so, you know, a pretty good apartment by New York City standards. We had a two-bedroom in Chelsea that was rent-controlled. And so, you know, it was a good deal. Um, but it, it was still kind of too small for us. And it was really dark and, uh, you know, no views or anything. <laughs> it was kind of windows on the air shaft. Um, so we had been thinking, like, do we want to try to you know, get a second home like upstate or further out in one of the outer boroughs. And neither of us really liked that idea that much of like being split between two homes. Mm. Um, and so we had been thinking about Los Angeles and I had a show out here uh, last February. In Los Angeles. And we used that in Los Angeles. So we kind of came out for three weeks around that to sort of see what it might feel like to live here. And we stayed in three different Airbnbs so we could try out different neighborhoods and rented a car so we could, you know, see what's like <laughs> in our car. Um, so we had kind of been thinking about it anyway. And then the pandemic hit and, um, you know, our apartment then became way too small because we were both essentially working from home. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were in New York for, I guess, probably two weeks after things kind of locked down and just working from home. And it was really stressful. And, um, you know, just it was like scary being out on the street and having people around in such proximity oh. and, you know, all the things that we all went through. Mm. And we didn't know how long it was going to last and whatever. So, my dad has a second house, like a weekend house kind of thing, and he offered to let us stay there. So we went up there in Massachusetts and initially thought we were going to stay for a couple of weeks and then come back to the city. And we wound up staying for a few months in the end um, because things didn't improve, obviously. Mm-hmm. Kind of testing and, it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, that was definitely a pretty tough time i mean just mental health wise <laughs> i you guess mean, i was pretty you mean unhappy. what because you weren't living in a place that was your place or being away from the city or well the whole... it was you know i think it was the whole thing of 
the pandemic and not knowing how long it's going to last. And, you know, it's like my, all my friends and family going to die. And, <laughs> I mean, was, um, was the you know, stress, and, was the stress related? Like how much of that was because of where you were living in, in a vacation home or was that just, you would have had that anyway. That's what I'm I thinking. think I would have had the stress anywhere. And I'm sure if we had stayed in Manhattan, it would have been, been worse. even worse. Okay. Um, you mm-hmm. know, at least we had a setting mm-hmm. where like there was mm-hmm. a yard and we could go stand outside and, you know, certainly a less uh, population tendency so the mental, than New York so was st- The mental stress what was just was mostly pandemic related, not location related. Yeah, for Got the most. Not environment, not the specific environment. Got it. Right, right. And, um, you know, and and, I mean, my situation is I was living in Manhattan, but I had a studio in Brooklyn and it was a pretty easy commute on the L train. But um, then once I wasn't able to take the subway or didn't want to take the subway, you know, and I didn't want to really take Ubers over there, not mention couldn't afford it. Um, you know, it was sort of like, how am I going to continue working? Um, you know, so there were a lot of issues and my wife was working remotely, um, because of the pandemic and we just realized, you know, why not take this time to, to move and try Los Angeles. And, you know, it was obvious that we couldn't really go back to anything like our normal life in the city Mm. for a while, you know, and, um, we found some people that would sublet our apartment and so it was know, basically and, something and that town. oh sorry so it was basically something that you'd had in the back of your mind uh but that the yeah. pandemic was think, the impetus I think to we, mm-hmm. Go ahead. yeah i mean i think i think we probably would have moved anyway like we were definitely heading in that direction but um the pandemic definitely kicked that into high gear. Mm. And then it was kind of like we put out some feelers for subletters. And once we found mm-hmm. someone and they wanted it for August, we were like, okay, like let's, let's gave, move in August. Gave you a deadline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you moved and um, it, what, I mean, so what, what are the things that, um, you know, I want people to understand this about you is that I think that your artistic practice is and you're, you're a little bit of a, I mean, you've said this yourself, you're a little bit of a workaholic. You're really driven about making your work, right? I mean, that's important to your mental health is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, not, I think that that was definitely one of the challenges early on was like you know like I'm not someone who's very good at not doing anything you know <laughs> and um when it was like oh like a studio it was kind of like well you know what what am I going to do with myself all day and you know initially uh, I make a lot of artist books and I had a couple things that were kind of in the works and I grabbed materials from my studio to work on those and was able to do that at home but you know it was obviously not a long-term solution. And when we went out to my dad's house, I like cleaned out the garage and, you know, basically set up a a little studio in the garage. So that, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a great setup for, for the time that we were there. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, you know, it's like we wanted 
something that was going to be more permanent and we right. didn't really want to be like take over my dad's vacation house all summer when he, <laughs> using he might want to go on a vacation um, from right yeah um yeah. but but anyway so that's a really important part of you know what you need in order to feel happy or settled or or it's something that's a priority to you that's what I'm, that's the point i'm making here and we can your your wife is a therap works as a therapist, right? Right. Yeah. That's what. So, yeah. so she she so she went completely online once we locked down, and um, mm-hmm. you know is still seeing a lot. Right, but she has like she has to keep up with that every week, and I mean there she she's got a lot of balls in the air as well, just a different different you know, different kind. Yeah, and, and I, and I, but I think it was sort of liberating as far as like all of a sudden she wasn't tethered to like having to go to her office. Right. Know? Right. I could you know? see how and, that could be liberating. So yeah. what, what, what was the biggest surprise about moving? Like how was the transition? What did you expect and what, what's been what you expected and what's been different? Uh, well, the actual move it self was pretty horrible <laughs> just you know again really stressful as you might imagine mm-hmm. um like you know one of the guys you know we hired movers to, to move our stuff across the country and like one of the guys refused to put on a mask even though i asked and you know you don't really want to start an altercation with oh, someone man. who's like you know moving all your stuff and could just like lose a box <laughs> um and you know then we flew out here and like i mean the pl- plane was actually not that crowded i mean i I didn't love the experience but it was Mm -hmm. like once we landed then we had to rent a car because we didn't have a car and you know it's like we hopped on the rental car shuttle and that was just like wall-to-wall people from all over and um you know so that felt not really safe at that point Mm. either but Mm. you know we didn't neither of us got sick so we we survived everything and you know i mean it's I'm definitely happy that we moved. I mean, mm-hmm. just having more space and warm weather here. And, um, you know, I think when we were, I mean, it, when we were considering leaving New York and did we want to do that, it was kind of like, you know, this is all we know and might we be happier somewhere else. And, you know, there is something about just like waking it up and waking up and having it be warm and sunny that, that puts you mm. in a good mood mm. and has, mm. has been really nice. And mm. myself, I mean, I lived in the Northeast my entire life. So, you know, going through a winter where like it didn't get cold, it didn't snow. Wow. Um, wow. You know, that, that, that was really nice too. <laughs> wow. Um, and especially this winter, which I think just must've been so it, it was it was really it was really intense here i must say it got it 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 got it got really intense because you know we were all so isolated you couldn't go anywhere and um you know i mean you know we can talk about it but i mean to have that experience is very extreme yeah i mean i think there's going to be a lot of sort of ptsd after this, I mean, all across the world, of course, but I think particularly in big cities like like New York, I mean, mm-hmm. I think there are going to be stories about people that, you know, didn't leave their apartment for 18 months. And, so what's, re- um, yeah, what was really freaky about New York, obviously, is that um, 
they they got hit really hard right in the beginning. And I mean, like I remember seeing the refrigerated trucks, you know, morgues and stuff yeah. like that. And when you get to that point in the outdoor hospitals, that's very extreme. And uh, I don't think that happened everywhere. And in the beginning where when it was happening here, we didn't really there's you know, now we understand the the disease a lot more than we did. But uh those first few months were really freaky and 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 I think that that is really I mean, I, I've had people come from out of town here and visit and remark on how New Yorkers are so vigilant here about, you know, being safe and, and all that and I and that they can see how we've been affected by it. I, I agree. Yeah. So how is it like living there than visiting there? What, like, how is, is it, I mean, it's hard. It's really interesting because your experience is of living there is only been through the pandemic. And a lot of the yeah, things so that, a lot of the things that we would normally be checking in on is like what the openings are like, what art, what art, shows are like out there how people approach things out there and right now um i'm guessing you don't have a lot of contact you know you can't put your experience of art making art seeing art being involved with art in context of what it's like to be out there or can you can you explain that a little bit um yeah i I mean i I can't talk at all about what the art scene out here is like i mean i've I've I have gone to a couple of gallery shows uh, since we moved here. Uh-huh. Mainly, like there was someone who I knew who had a show, and then. Hmm. Hmm. This is a uh, yeah. This is a Zoom problem. This is a pan. This see. This is because it's a pandemic. We're still dealing with the pandemic, and where is Eric? He's he's in he's in Zoom hell. What can I tell you? Love you know, there you like are. That. Okay, we're back. We're back. Okay. okay, so you went to a couple of art shows. So, uh, yeah, I've been to a couple of art shows, but you know, I definitely don't feel like I'm making the scene or networking or anything like that, which. Mm-hmm in a way is kind of a relief. I mean, it's sort yeah. of nice to to be here and just be focusing on making art and not be like trying to moves and, Oh, like, am I meeting enough people? Am I going to the right things? Um, you know, that's, it's been kind of nice, but at the same time, it's pretty lonely and just, you know, we, we knew a few people here before we moved out here, but you know, there's no way to meet new people. Like we're not going to parties. We're not, you know, there's, there's, and, and even if you do meet someone, it's like, you're not going to invite them over. <laughs> right, 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 right. Which is probably similar to what we're all experiencing everywhere. Cause we're all isolated from each other. It's just that normally you would have, you know, you, you will have a social life that is probably way more expanded than the one out there than the one you have now. It's just hasn't happened yet, which is kind of a freak weird thing. Yeah. Um, interesting though. So, so, uh, that will be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, so what about, let's talk about the creative practice. So, um, 
you know, uh, one of the things I wanted to say is like, what, what about in New York is so exciting. What do you guys, what do you get inspired? Like, there's nothing going LA. I mean, yoga is so slow. No. Uh, yeah. It's not inspiring. You don't see people um, like, you know, I mean, as far as inspiration. Mm hmm. Does it feel like, does it have a really different vibe? Does, did it get in your head? Did it get, does that vibe get in your head? Is the vibe really different? Does it get in your head and does it affect what you make? You know, I, I think there's definitely a different vibe here. And that's partly what I was looking for in moving was, you know, a place that was not quite as fast paced and not quite as kind of hectic as New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of been nice. I mean, I also like the sort of nature stuff is really oh, yeah. amazing here and easy to get to. So I've been loving going hiking. Yeah. I mean, we're renting a house with a yard, which, you know, I never had any outdoor space in the city, but I'm like gardening and stuff, which wow. I really enjoy. Wow. You have a house yeah. with a garden, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that has been really nice. I'm not sure that it's changing my work, but it's definitely good. And, you know, there's so much weird and wacky stuff here and just, mm. um, you know, I've kind of been exploring a bit just like driving around, but also as I need to find like someone that can make a, you know, a stretch of canvas for me or someone that can make a silk screen for me, you wind up going right. to these weird corners of the city. And um, I mean, there's a lot that's inspiring and there's so much stuff that I'm like, oh, I really want to go to that place once I'm vaccinated. And I feel like I can go indoors. You know, it's like, look at that spice market. Look at that, uh, you know, weird 99 cent store. Look at that swap meet. You know, there's all this stuff that I'm like dying to do, but, um, you know, just can't yet. So there's all this really strange stuff kind of, I'm sure like there is in New York. It's just like any place else. If you get to, you have to, you have to live there to really discover it. Is that what you mean? Kind of? Yeah. And I think, but I think also that the there is something to me as being a lifetime East Coaster that's very exotic about things out here. Oh, right? the, the, yes. the landscape is different. The, the people are different. The food is different. And, um, you know, I'm sure part of it is just that it's new to me, but there's something that's exciting about that, like just this sort of change. And, and mm. I mean, it does, I mean, obviously I had visited California before yeah. and I had some, sense of like the California vibe and but there are a lot of things that like I really notice like how New York slants towards Europe and California slants towards Asia like that's Ah. very evident to me you know and and um just things like that that kind of never occurred to me or that I hadn't really thought about like once you're here that's very clear you know or you know, or like racial politics is different here than in really? the East Coast. Like, what you know, do you like? like in what, sorry. Well, I mean, there's still obviously tensions between white people and non-white people, and but you know, it's different. I think there wasn't slavery here ever, or you know, close by here. Oh, but there's wow. the whole thing with you know, with with people of Mexican descent, which has always been an issue because, you know, this territory was at various times like owned by Mexican and then by the Spanish and then, you know, by the U S. So 
Hmm. There's a long history of animosity between white people and uh, people of Mexican descent. Well, and also of living together and working together and eating together. So I'm not trying to say like, oh, everyone hates each other, but it's just a very different dynamic, you know. And Right, and, right, um, right. Well, it's also interesting, I think, what you're talking about, because what what it is is talking about how the history of a place reverberates over generations, right? Yeah, and, and even I think kind of like the pioneer spirit is sort of out here in a way. Like, you know, I mean, obviously people like me just showed up. Yeah, you're a pioneer. You know, a few months ago. <laughs> <You> are. <laughs> and and New York is similar in the way that people come from all over and go to New York to kind of follow their dreams. But, you know, I do think that the people that chose to leave the East Coast, you know, a couple hundred years ago had this vision of a better life and mm. a wanderlust and, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. and I think that that also, you know, there's some reverberation mm. of that out here. Mm. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um, uh, you want to remind people, I, I have to do a station ID, Eric. Will you, will you, will you okay. help me do that? What do you think of Radio Free Brooklyn, Eric? I think it's the best internet radio station in Brooklyn. You do? It is far, right? far and away, far, far, and away. far and away, but it's really the best in the Western hemisphere. I know that because I've listened to all of them, but I think that yeah, um, probably, probably true, probably. Well, I'm telling you, Eric, I've done the work and I know it's true, but, um, you know, I just wanted you guys to know that you we have all this great programming and uh, you can download uh, a free app on your phone. Did you know that? So you can have, you could be listening to RFB anytime and you could be hearing, there's like, it's like a whole world of, it's a whole world RFB. It's music, it's comedy, it's talk, it's politics. So go to uh, the apps, the Apple store for the iPhone or go to Google Play and get for your Android phone and uh, join us, join us. And and you can listen to this broadcast in the future, right? You can every you can Thursday, to two to three. You could hear me live, Doctor. But, I, but I mean, they can hear this very broadcast, like us, the two of us, right? They could listen uh, next they, month. They could be listening to it. Oh yeah, I mean, you can also go to my the archive. archive right on. That's a very good point, Eric. There's my archive of well, there's archives for all the shows. So if you go to the show page. You can hear this. You could listen to, um, you know, all the episodes I've done with Eric. What is this, the third or fourth? I don't know. I think it's at least the fourth. Yeah. So you could hear all of them and uh, a lot of other great artists and all, all sorts of stuff. So, you know what else I was wondering about, Eric? I was wondering about um, how, in a certain way, I wonder if it was easier in a certain way to move during the pandemic emotionally because like all your friend, like everyone now is connected through zoom electronically all most of or let's just say large bulk of everyone socializing has gone digital right sure 
So, I mean, you know, we've had Zooms. I'm sure you've had a lot of Zooms with other people from the East Coast and stuff like that. So in some ways, maybe you haven't even noticed it. Have you? The, well, like the people I mean, part. The yeah, people part. I mean, I mean, it definitely feels a little low. Sure, it would feel that way wherever I was in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, I think what you said about being easier is is true for a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, I think in normal times it probably would be hard to get friends to meet up on Zoom because. Right. Like everyone would be running off to different things and they'd be like, oh, sorry, it's Friday night. I'm not just going to be sitting at home on a Zoom with you. Right. Um, But, you know, given that we're all in the same boat, everyone's pretty starved for human contact. And so I think it has been a little bit easier to keep in touch with friends than maybe it would have been in normal normal times. I also think like we we people – you know, that live in urban areas tend to run into each other regularly at different things if you have the same interests as other people. And that's not happening. So everyone's sort of, I mean, we never even heard of Zoom a year ago, literally. Right. Right. It's probably probably one year ago is when I had my first Zoom. (laughs) Right, right. So I think like all the, I think, you know, I mean, I'm really curious to see how that's changed society, going to change society because it's become, I've actually, I mean, you and actually um, my friend Spencer, there's a couple of people that I'm close with that live in, in LA. And I feel like I've had more contact with them over the past year than I have had years previously. Because yeah, everybody's yeah, I mean- connecting electronically. So you wind up, gravitating to the people that you kind of have known for a long time or I don't know. It's interesting, right? Yeah. And I think the other thing that I wanted to say about leaving New York is that, you know, like I, I loved living in New York Mm -hmm. and I was there for more than 20 years and I thought often that I would live there the rest of my life. Um, And it kind of made it, easier to leave New York because it was like all the things that I loved about New York city were not happening anymore. It wasn't like I was like missing these amazing art shows or missing, you know, socializing with my friends or missing, you know, all the, all the stuff that I liked, like that stuff just wasn't there. Right. right. And mm -hmm. moreover, I would say that, you know, I mean, one of the other things I really loved about New York was, you know, the people and the density and the energy and just that you would have all of these experiences and see strange or interesting people on the subway or on the street. And it was like all of a sudden, like being around people became scary and like, you know, they were, everyone was a potential threat and um, just that proximity to large numbers of people seemed threatening. And, you know, that also just made it a lot easier to leave. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it's going to be a whole other phase when things start ramping up again, because there will be more, there will be more things going on. You will be missing things and then you will be getting more integrated into things out there. But I right. guess the one thing we can talk about that is very consistent is your wife. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> and your art projects, your artwork. Yeah. So, um, what, what, um, 
I, I want to ask you about, like, I'm trying to formulate this question without, uh, with, with, within, within, you know, what, so what happened with you and Cathay? What was that like? What was that like for you guys together? Like, what did you must have, it must have, um, you guys have been together. Let, okay, guys, here's, here's, here's what's <laughs> awkward. They've been together a really long time. Cathay is, an, they're a great couple. Uh, they're both great people. We love Cathay dearly. Uh, and I, they seem to get along great, but come on, there's gotta, it's gotta be some stress on a couple. That's yeah, what I'm well, trying to say. So let's yeah. just, let's, you know, what, what was it like for you guys? So, you know, I think, um, first of all, like probably all couples, like there was, I mean, we do love each other and love spending time together, but all of a sudden we were thrust into a situation where we were together, you know, 24 seven and that can be difficult. Yeah. And certainly, certainly while we were still living in our Manhattan apartment, I mean, you know, we were really close and we were both working from home once we moved first to my dad's house and then out here you know we did have more physical space and could be be more separate during the day which was really nice um like i said i kind of went through a pretty rough mental period in the spring and summer of last year and um she was very understanding about mm-hmm. that, thankfully. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, what were you, what were you, she has, what were you uh, feeling? You know, well, I was just, you know, I was just super worried about COVID. And I was, went through a period where I pretty much cried every day. And, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like super. Were you, anxious. were you afraid of getting and, sick yourself? Were you afraid of your family getting sick or your, Loved ones getting yeah, sick. Yeah, all all those all things. That. Are, you know, afraid of like society completely collapsing. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there were so many kind of what ifs at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and Did it feel very destabilizing? Like, yeah, of like course. out of I mean, control, like, destabilizing. All, I think it was just a question of not knowing what was going to happen. Like there was that period where there was like Black Lives Matter protests and there was looting and like, I think that kind of looting and rioting was scary. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, Mm -hmm. I mean, I support Black Lives Matter and and I thought it was great Mm -hmm. that people were marching and protesting, but then it was like, oh my God, are all those people going to die because they're like standing up for what's right? Are they, you know, is this like a super spreader? So just, you know, the whole thing I think was very stressful. And then once we decided to move, that was also super stressful. Mm. And it was like, I had to pack up my studio. I had to pack up the home. It was like, Mm -hmm. there was a deadline. Um, So, you know, I I was not in a good place mentally. So as Cathay, I picture Cathay as a, as a, uh, like a stabilizing, comforting sort of force in that or yeah for sure but i think it was difficult for her to have to play that role you know and and we did kind of talk about and think about and try to go to do some couples counseling um but you know it's just uh it's hard to find a therapist these days (laughs) because it's such demand (laughs) she has she has good connections but yeah phil and i did some couples 
counseling via Zoom during this time, too. I think that it's um, just a big overload on everybody. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's we all have our different stressors and the different things we're worrying about. Mm. And, you know, we don't have our normal outlets and, you know, friends and, and activities. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, you know, at the same time, I think we're both very happy that we have one another. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine being a single person in this time too. Mm. Just, you know, if you were someone that lived by yourself in a small apartment somewhere, I mean, yeah, that's, that's gotta be tough too. Uh, yeah, I think tougher. there's people who are, um, you know, I think some, I think I have, I, I have, I have seen a lot of, uh, single people navigate that really, really well, you know, where they have, um, you know, a big um, community of other, of people that they are, you know, spend time with and stuff like that. But I, I do think it requires a lot more self, you know, self, you got to motivate yourself, resolve, takes a lot. I I admire it. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with a friend and he was like, you know, I haven't physically touched a human being in like eight months. Crazy. Not even sex, but like a handshake or, you know, like (laughs) a hug. I know. I I know. I know. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, that's really, really tough. So do you feel like, um, you feel like, so do you feel like you kind of, you guys kind of went through something together? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I don't know if we're fully through it. I mean, things definitely feel better. And I think since we moved here, we both are feeling pretty good about our life and our relationship and, you mm-hmm. know, are still committed mm-hmm. to, you know, staying together and making it work. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think there was something kind of nice about us both being in a new place together mm. and kind of both having to navigate new situations together. Um, you know, I think that's been kind of both a bonding thing and yeah, just drawn us closer together. Yeah, I would, I would that guess I would have been that, tough alone. Uh, yeah, I would guess that um, having gone through all that and having to rely on each other so much that it would have been a very strengthening bonding experience for you guys. Looking back yeah. on it, and, for know, sure. I mean, <laughs> right. I think, I mean, I think that's often the case, right? Is that like situations that are rocky for a while, whether it's with a lover or a friend or a parent yeah. or whoever can often, you know, bring you closer if you survive. <laughs> if you survive those. Yeah. Well, this would be like, stre- like top on the stress list for many, many people. I mean, even the fact that you got through the move together, I don't know. Was that particularly rough? Was that particularly stressful? I can't imagine during a pandemic. Uh, uh, I mean, I think moving is something that for me has always been stressful. Like I'm kind of a very home centered person and like being homeless is tough. And just, I mean, moving studios has also always been really tough. That whole thing of deciding like, what do you keep and what do you throw out? Mm, and yeah. What are you going to need? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's some tough decisions to mm-hmm. make for sure well, in like an emotional mm, way. Yeah. Yeah. To mo- look at all that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but also, um, but yeah, I mean, I, but I would say, I mean, I, you know, I was probably at my lowest point as far as my mental health, you know, like the week before the movers came or two weeks before, maybe. Yeah. Before, well, when I mean, everything's kind of like once up. we knew that we were moving. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, could it's be like you're that, living in like, chaos. You're trying to get things done. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. You got through it. You got through it. Um, so what are, what are, what have you been working on this whole period and like, what are you going to be like, what, what's going on with your, you know, with your work? So, um, I've been working on these pieces that are very time consuming. So I've actually been working on them for a number of years. They're, um, based on a series that Mike Kelly did called the memory wear flats. Um, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like these mosaics made out of like costume jewelry and beads and little things that would be at the bottom of your Mm -hmm. closet. Um, And they're quite large and intricate and just very time consuming. So um, I basically brought like the wood panel that's the support for one out here and some of the materials and I've been working on that um, out here. But, you know, that was sort of a series that I had already started. So like it wasn't something new. Hmm. Um, and then I've, I've really been lucky in that I've gotten a lot of commissions over the past maybe five months Hmm. and, and, um, that has been great because it's some money coming in and it's making art and it's fun and (laughs) yeah. And no, I mean, the best thing is making something and you know that like it's going to somebody who really wants it and Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've just, I mean, I, you know, I always have gotten some commissions, but for some reason there just have been a bunch of them mm-hmm. that came through. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a bunch of like drawings based on Edward Shea drawings for one collector. I did a bunch of, uh, kind of on Kawara style date paintings for someone. Mm. I did a big Richard Prince painting for someone. Um, so it's been a mm-hmm. bunch of, you know, different things that it's involved, like learning some new techniques. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's been enjoyable. Yeah. And so what do you what do you see? Like what 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 do you imagine? What are you looking looking forward to? Like what do you like what what's gonna happen what's gonna happen now? Like when things start opening up, I mean, do you have are there places that you imagine you're you know, like yeah, I mean, what's, I, what's that going to be like? As far as yeah, I mean, that's really a question mark. I mean, like I said, I've been working on this series of pieces for a few years, and um, you know, I more or less decided like I want to finish three of them before I show them, mm-hmm. and each one has taken me about a year to make. Wow! So I mean, you know, working on other things simultaneously, but yeah, I mean, they're they're very slow, mm-hmm. and um, so the third one is now close to being done. And um, I've been talking with Adam Cohen from a hug from the art world. Who's who I've been working with lately. And I think we'll probably do a show of those at some point, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, you know, it'll probably be in New York and I would like mm. to attend it, but oh. I don't want to fly across the country right now. Mm-hmm. While I'm not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's sort of like, you know, should we try to do it in the spring or should we wait until things are more open and do it in the fall? I mean, Mm -hmm. one of the good things about 
my the situation with that gallery is that it's not a gallery that has a physical location. They just do pop-ups and mm-hmm. that's a good place to be for a gallery right now, you know, as they sure. were not hit with, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of uh, rent and uh, employee costs and overhead. Mm-hmm. And it's also very nimble. It's like, it's not like there's a schedule that I have to fit into right. of like there are other 15 artists. Um, so I think once we kind of feel like the time is right and, the work is done and things kind of line up, you know, we'll do a show, but we don't have to plan it out too far in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as as far as out here, I really have no idea. I mean, I haven't really been going to galleries. Like I said, I haven't been doing any kind of networking out Mm -hmm. here. So Mm -hmm. it's just not something that I'm worrying about. No, it'll, it'll happen. Have, have you been, what, what about the whole like car culture out there? Have you been having to like, is that is that is that real? Like, have you been having to drive everywhere? Or um, it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was definitely a huge lifestyle change. I mean, I had not owned a car since I was I don't know in my very early twenties, mm-hmm. and you know, drove very seldom when I lived in New York. Um, and you know, even just thinking about like what kind of car do we want or need was like. I don't know, like, do we want a SUV or a pickup truck or a Mini Cooper or a, like, what do we need? So we actually like rented a bunch of different cars oh, when we first were here. We would like rent a car for, I don't know, a couple of weeks and then exchange it for something else. Um, <laughs> which I like gave that. us some idea. It's like a, it's um, like a dressing room for cars. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Like, like rent that. the runway or something. Yeah, rent the so, runway is better analogy, true. Yeah. So we wound up with a, a Kia Soul, which is like a little four-door. It's kind of between a hatchback and an SUV. Um, ah, so a Korean you know, car. A Korean car, right? A Korean car, yes. Is it brand new? Um, did you get a brand new car? We did get a brand new Oh, one, yes. wow. Yeah. Living I mean, large. Yeah, you know, it was not that much more expensive. I mean, it, as cars go, it was a pretty inexpensive one. And we were like, you know, let's it that just, is, yeah. I don't know, it, it also was just kind of like dealing with buying a used car. It just, there's so many more variables wow. and yeah. it was just daunting. Yeah, I no, mean, like, yeah. But even buying a new car was a terrible experience. I mean, like having to go to the dealership and talk with these guys and, you know. What are they like? I've never bought a car. Are they, uh, well, I have been with my dad, but that doesn't count. Are they, are they really aggressive? Are they really aggressive about the sale? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we would go in and we'd be like, we're not here to buy. We're just here to test drive. We're looking at a few different cars. This is the second one we've gone to, you know, and they're like, well, if you can, you know, close the deal today, then I'll give you this kind of deal. Oh, man. And and, <laughs> yeah. It's like a game show. So there was that and yeah. And just yeah. kind of, I don't know, like weird small talk that you have to make with them while you're uh-huh. driving around in the car. So what's or, the biggest, you know, it's, so I guess like the biggest outstanding question in your mind, like the one thing that it seems like you haven't really, that you, that's not answerable is really what's going on out there socially yet. Right. Yeah. Well, but I think it's bigger than that. I mean, it's like just 
you know, it's like I, I haven't like missed something I wanted to go to because I was stuck in traffic because like there's nothing that I want to mm. go to. And I haven't like I think it's just not a normal time here. And so it's really hard to know how we're going to like it once things are, mm. are more normal and there is like more traffic and more stuff happening in the evenings and, um, you know, just interacting with people more. It's that's still kind of mm. a, a question mark. But I was going to say also with the driving that it's only like we moved in the beginning of August and it's maybe the last month that it started to feel normal. Like, it's, uh, you know, like traffic not this weird thing, like, oh, I'm in a car, I'm driving, but it's like, oh yeah, I got to run the post office. I'm just going to hop in the car and zip over there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it is, I have to say, it's pretty convenient having a car. I bet. <laughs> Don't you think like, it seems like the lifestyle is just like, do you think, like, God, why are people living in New York? It's so, like, stressful and it's hard. And why would you do that? Do you, do you ever feel like, why did I do that? I do feel like that sometimes. I mean, I had toyed with the idea of moving out here for a while. Right. Know, like, definitely more than 10 years. Really? And, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think there is a part of me that was like, why did I wait so long? Because it's so nice out here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, there also is stuff that I really love about New York City and and that, you know, they don't have out here. And um, mm-hmm. so I think it just remains to be seen, like, you know, after COVID and after lockdown, mm-hmm. how are we going to feel about living out here? It feels mm-hmm. like we're not really getting you know, a, a t- typical experience of what it's like to live in LA. So it's, 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 quite, it's like kind it of not. like you moved, but you're, it's a little bit like you haven't really quite left the airport. Yeah. You got off yeah, the plane, like that. but you haven't. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to have to check in and, and, and in six months, I think it's going to be very different. I think it'll be, yeah. I mean, I think it sounds, it sounds great to me. I've got to tell you everything that I'm hearing. It sounds great. I also was wondering if you would have ever, how it would have been if you would have been able to finish those artworks uh, if you hadn't uh, had the time because of COVID. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's been weird. Like I, you know, I've had periods of my life when I could earn a living just off my art and I've had periods where I worked other kind of day jobs Mm -hmm. and have been kind of lucky the past couple years have been better financially. And mm-hmm. like I said, I've had a bunch of commissions since we've been here. So, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's been nice, like just making art and, and I guess, you know, probably I would have felt like, Oh, I need to start looking for some freelance jobs and just like get some things lined up here and there so that I have, mm-hmm. have that to fall back on. But you know, it just, it hasn't seemed worth doing that during COVID. Like, I don't want to go work in some job with other people. Right. And, and luckily I haven't had to financially. And, um, you know, like, so those two things have overlapped and dovetailed. Right. Nicely, but, but I, I mean, guess that's like, another thing is like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, like if, if I did have to start commuting to a job every day or, you know, three days a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's also something that might be unpleasant about living here and having to, you know, pop right. every morning. Right, right, right. But I wonder if you would have gotten those big pieces done. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, like I definitely have had time and, and even just space. Like, I mean, when I was out at my dad's place 
I went up bringing one of them out there to work on, but it was like, I could also build crates for them out there because there was ah. a driveway and I could be outside. So we